All right, guys, welcome back to another, I was going to say interview there, but no, another podcast on the Emmy on his channel. And we are back, uh, me and Oscar are back on the road, back on the show. And this is the first one in a while. So we've been away. So we've got to kind of come back and we're coming back in spectacular fashion. We're coming back in a, a fantastic event. UFC 286 goes down this weekend. First and foremost, Oscar, how are you doing? I've been better. So uh, personal issues stopped the show from going on for the past couple of months, but we are back like we never left. And this is the perfect car to come back to because the main event this Saturday goes down in London, your stomping grounds. So I know for a fact that the hype is next level over there. Yeah, it's always good when the UFC comes back to England. Um, it's a fantastic show, and obviously they stack it every time, and it's beautiful. Um, we've got such a great, as we talked about, a great episode to talk about. Um, obviously, we had some great fights on the weekend. Uh, Marav Divashvili versus, obviously, Pete Yan at Las Vegas in the fantastic arena. Um, I thought that little throwback, it, it felt like a, a really old UFC. I know I wasn't really around to watch the old UFC in the casinos, but it kind of felt like that, and, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and not to mention uh, the theater at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas was packed with Georgians um, in full support of Marav Devashvili, and he truly delivered in that minimum, did he not? Absolutely. Uh, we were talking about it before we went on air, and I, I, I felt like Pete Yan was the favorite in this fight. I felt like he was the better fighter, and uh, if Marab was going to win, um, maybe it was going to be just you know a flash knockout or something like that. I didn't really see Marab winning the way he did 50 45 and all scorecards it's, it's not too it's not too bad and obviously he looks spectacular and he puts himself in the number one contender spot with an awkward situation at the top yeah i expected uh marab to at least win the first round because he is the better wrestler in this matchup but eventually his striking defense wasn't going to hold up but marab has improved every time we see him in there he's looking better and better with his striking and he used that striking to bust up Peter Jan. Peter Jan looked uh, physically and mentally defeated at the end of that fight. Uh, Jan was unable to land anything to hurt Marab. Marab is extremely durable, and he was able to attempt 49 takedowns in this fight, and he didn't look gassed at the end of the fight either. So that's a it's a memorable accomplishment for Marab because he just broke the attempted takedowns record. A lot of people are saying that is not impressive. I would tell those people to try 49 takedowns. Those people <laughs> will have passed out if they try it. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's fun. It, obviously, 48 or 49 attempted takedowns, 11 landed. It's, a, it's truly what he can put on. Um, he, he, his um, nickname, or uh, should we say in MMA, is The Machine, and he truly showed it that night. It was fantastic. His gas tank didn't look like he was ever going to slow down, and obviously his his grappling prowess and how he mixes it up is fantastic. And uh, it's, it's an awkward situation. Uh, I, I kind of put out a post on Monday, um, and I was like, where does Marab, where does Aljo go from here? And you kind of said to it that obviously Aljo is um, that the weight cuts are hard on him. So I, I do agree. And I think that's what we'll see next. But I think we'll see obviously Aljo defend the belt against Henry Suda, whether he wins or not, and then go up to 145. Yeah, Murat really with this win, got himself the number one contender position over Sugar Sean O'Malley. But that doesn't really matter because Sugar Sean was already promised the title shot um, against the winner of Sterling versus Cejudo in May. So I don't know why Dana White would even be mad about 
Marab not wanting to fight Sterling because if you ask me, Sterling wouldn't be champion by the time uh, Marab gets his shot. Uh, Sterling, I think, will lose to Cejudo. And after that, I believe he'll just move up to featherweight. And I think at featherweight, he can do pretty well against a lot of guys. Yeah, obviously, you've got the featherweight champion, 145 pounds, Alexandra Volkanovski. It'll be good to see him mix it up there with, obviously, the best. Um, but, yeah, a fantastic fight that we had this um, this weekend, obviously. And then we talk about the co-made event, uh, and then we'll briefly go down uh, down the card. Um, we're going to try and make these podcasts a little bit quicker, so they're more interactive. Um, and we just don't want to drain your ears as much as we did in the past. Uh, but, yeah, in the co-main event, we had Alexander Volkanovski. Um, sorry, Alexander Volkov. Versus Alexandra Romanov. Um, th- when heading into this fight, I thought Romanov, um, obviously coming off that close, uh, obviously that that loss against Marcin Tybora, and I thought they gave Volkov, and I, and I didn't want to disrespect it. I thought maybe they'll throw him a bit in the deep end, and then I feel like we realised in this fight once again that maybe where we thought Romanov is is where he he, he isn't there yet. This was the classic uh, veteran versus prospect fight. And I usually go with the veterans in those spots, uh, especially when we're talking about a veteran who's the tallest guy in the division. Uh, in fact, the whole UFC, uh, Volkov is a monster, but he will have setbacks against the cream of the crop. And I've never believed Romanov to be the cream of the crop. I believe he has major cardio issues. The striking is uh, very poor, if you ask me. And Volkov... He's worked on that takedown defense before. And he beat the guy, Marching Tybura, who beat uh, Romanov. And in that fight, he stuffed Tybura's takedowns. And he was able to fight a hard 15 minutes there. And Romanov cannot do that. In fact, he looked tired after the first takedown attempt. But uh, don't get me wrong. Volkov grabbed the fence. And he he accidentally uh, headbutted Romanov in there. So... That may have uh, contributed to Romanov going away so easily. But either way, uh, Volkov was just too much for the young Romanov. Absolutely. Volkov, as you talked about, he loses to the cream of the crop. You know, the, uh, the top fires at the division. Uh, Derek Lewis, obviously, and, uh, and that would be a good chance for him to run it back. Obviously, Derek Lewis on a bit of a, a low run at the moment. And obviously, Volkov getting two back-to-back wins now. So maybe a chance, possibility they run it back. Um uh, obviously, Volkov, as we talked about, a very, very good fight. And obviously, he tests the young coming through. And Romanov, not his day, not his fight. And obviously, go and now improve. Uh, sorry, now falls to two losses back to back. Mighty Tybora and now Volkov. So he's in a tough spot. Uh, maybe the UFC put him back and just maybe put him up against a fighter. That's a winnable fight for him. Um, and then see if he can get back onto his feet. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's interesting to see where they go from here. Volkov putting himself into a good spot, beating another prospect. And then we'll talk about the next fight. Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. This was the third fight of the evening. This was meant to uh, a main event, um, a fight night a few weeks back, and then it got rescheduled. And now they fought on the show in in, in Las Vegas. Um, Nikita Krylov got that submission within a round against Ryan Spann. Um, Ultimately, this is what I thought would happen. I thought Nikita Krylov is way too dangerous in that first round. We've seen it against uh, Gustafsson. We've seen it in plenty of times. I think we saw it against, um, off the top of my head, might be Paul Craig, but I'm maybe... Yeah, he he almost knocked out Paul Craig in round one. Uh, He's done very well in the first round uh, before, Uh, but he does leave himself open to be finished himself in that first round. So that's why 
I saw a lot of people taking Ryan Span, especially since Ryan Span is claiming that he wasn't trying before and even though he was trying and he didn't have the rough weight cut for this one, Nikita Krylov simply had the better skills and uh, surprisingly the better fight IQ too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nikita Krylov submitting him. Um, I, he was always going to have the advantage on the ground. Uh, Ryan Span, as you talked about, um, saying that he doesn't train as much and I, I feel like um, he needs to start taking this a lot seriously if he wants to beat these guys. Uh, but he did say he was taking this one very seriously. In fact, he said he was ready to make a run for the title, but that's just not the case for Ryan Span. I just think he's uh, a little too old now to actually start changing his ways. And um, Nikita Krylov was able to get the triangle off of his back. And uh, Nikita Krylov is now on a serious run right now. Uh, he's had four fights uh, in the past year. Uh, he was able to beat Gustafsson, Uzdemir, and now Span. Those are pretty major names of this division. I believe he deserves a step up in competition. I would say you have him go in there against uh, Anthony Smith once Anthony Smith just mollywops Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's the main event coming up in a few weeks as well. So, yeah, that's a great main event. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I totally agree. Nikita Krilov definitely deserves a chance to step up now. Um, maybe the top five, top six um he'll be looking at uh but yeah never the top three fights of the of the, of the card obviously it was a fantastic event uh main event was fantastic um i enjoyed the main event even though obviously it was primarily grappling and domination but it was it was fascinating to me because i hadn't seen that happen to yan yet so i i really enjoyed it and obviously volkov put on a fantastic performance so didn't need to get uh but we'll talk um roughly a bit about the cards mostly there was decisions, but we had a few stand-up performances. Marabatista obviously getting that submission uh, against Giddy Canetti, obviously made it look easy. Uh, but we want, we both wanted to talk about Davy Grant versus Rafael Sensau. Obviously, that invert, inverted triangle choke. It, it, it was a thing of beauty. Submitting a black belt, he talked about it like that. Get like Rafael Sensau. It was amazing. Obviously, sent him to the retirement home. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, Sensau probably banked rounds one and two with his superior grappling. But uh, it didn't matter in the end because we have a situation where David Grant grabbed the fence on a takedown attempt uh, in the third round. And instead of being put back on the ground, the referee takes away a point and keeps them standing. And that decision right there uh, may have cost a sense of his, uh, his friendly goodbye to the UFC. Instead, he goes out unconscious after Davy Grant lands an epic spinning backfist, and then Asensio tries to dump uh, Davy Grant, but he gets caught in an inverted triangle, and Davy Grant had that in very tight. Asensio did not quit, and his arm went limp, and it was, it was over. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely epic submission. Uh, I would say it's the, probably the second best submission of the year so far. Uh, I would have Grasso and uh, Shevchenko at number one right now, but that was absolutely epic. You've never seen inverted triangles like that, especially when we're talking about a guy in a sense that who's made a career um, on his grappling. Yeah, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't even remember when I saw the last inverted triangle. Um, uh, maybe off the was... top of my head, Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. That's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, it was Jordan Levitt versus Matt Sales, uh, I believe, two years ago. There we ago. go. 
Yeah, uh, that was yeah. a very sight. Very rare submission. Very, very good. Obviously, uh, obviously, fantastic. See David Grant get the win. Obviously, uh, the the hometown. Obviously, my my home country countryman David Grant getting the win from England. Um, that's too bad to back to him. He beat Lewis Smoker. Now beat Rafael Sensau. Arguably his best win to, in his career um, thus far. He's out. He's, he's been in the career. Uh, um, sorry, he's been in the UFC for a very, very long time. He's beat Marlon Vera actually. So you know, one of his best wins. But yeah, he's lost against Marlon Vera as well. And then obviously a few fights ago, <coughs> he had a split decision loss against Adrian Yanis. So. He's a very dangerous fighter, as his nickname says. Anyway, very dangerous, very, um, you know, obviously experienced. Um, obviously, what's he? Thirty-seven. I want to. I want to say thirty-seven years of age. Um, you know, he's not getting any younger, so he's got. He's got to make his time now. And obviously, beat Rafael Sensau. I think it's a great platform to set him up for a next fight. So we'll see where he goes from here. I'd love to see him, obviously, up against. Um, you know, top fifteen. Uh, he said that he did want a quick turnaround at UFC London, but obviously it didn't happen. So, um, which other fight would you like to talk about? Obviously, we, talk, uh, we could talk about Bruno Silva, obviously landing that big front kick down the middle and then submitting Tyson Lamb. Yeah, Bruno Silva uh, was coming off of two knockout victories before he got injured and was out for uh, for a long time. I believe it was over a year now, and now he came in against Tyson Lamb, who's a knockout artist thing. He did not respect his power. He just went in there, kicked him right in the face, and then wrapped up a submission. Could be more impressed with Bruno Silva. In fact, uh, that performance earned him a number 15 ranking spot. From here, um, it's, it's only up for Bruno Silva. He's at that fight-ready gym. Henry Cejudo is probably helping, helping him formulate those game plans, and I, I believe it's going to take him a long, a long way. I know he's got Losses to Tagir Ulanbekov, David Dvorak, Kalitaha, but uh, I believe he's a better fighter than he used to be. Absolutely agree. Um, fantastic showcase, uh, fantastic showing uh, for the Brazilian. Uh, obviously, that is now three back-to-back wins, beating JP Byers, Victor Rodriguez, and now Tyson Nam, the biggest scalp of his career. So obviously, Tyson Nam been around for in the game for a very long time. Uh, M1 Global former fighter, I, I believe, champion as well. Um, so yeah, a very good win for Bruno Silva. Um, we'll see where he goes from here, um, and we'll just quickly. Top up on the rest of the fights. Um, not nothing, you know, major on him. Bernardo Batista beating Kenny Canetti. Um, sh- straightforward, very simple. Uh, Vita Petrino beating Anton T- um, Trujaj. Oh, then I say second name, but that was a fantastic. Harley, yeah, that was a fantastic fight. It was a very, very evenly matched. Um, but they both in that third round. I think um, the, the gas was showing a little bit. Um, Carl Williams uh, beating, uh, beating Lucas Brzezinski. Um, and obviously we talked about David Grant, Josh Fiend uh, beating the. The debutant, Cedrico Domas, obviously, he came off the contender series. Um, there was a lot of hype, I would say, going into this one for him. Um, and obviously, it was um, got put off really quick. Uh, once Josh Fiend, um, very you know, he, if you look at his record, he's still he's a very, very good fighter. So, um, and then Victor, um, Victor Henry, someone that I I think is very underrated in that Bantamweight division, but the Bantamweight division is so stacked. Um, it's incredible. He beats Pender Gravely, Ariane Lipsky, the queen of elbows or violence, one of them. Uh, beat JJ Aldrich and obviously Colston Harris um, getting back to winning ways versus Jared Gooden, who returned back to the UFC. Um, obviously, it was phenomenal. He came in overweight. Colston Harris still got that, uh, the win, but you know, credit to Colston Harris taking that fight, and obviously credit to Jared Gooden as well taking that fight. Yeah, but that was that was last weekend, and we have recapped that in 15 minutes. That's got to be a world record for us. Uh, I would say so. We we start Harper. Uh on every single fight, but 
I believe it's time to get into the UFC 286 pay-per-view card featuring the champion Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman in a trilogy bout for the welterweight championship. I cannot wait for this one because the first fight was a clear Kamaru Usman win. Second fight was going to be a clear Kamaru Usman win, but Leon Edwards refused to quit. He goes for his signature one-two head kick, and Kamaru Usman's boxing training taught him to to bob his head to the side, and it cost him. He ate a clean head kick from Leon, and he was out-out. That was one of the most epic KOs in UFC history, one of the most epic comebacks in UFC history. And Leon Edwards has been riding the momentum ever since. He's got a newfound confidence about him. And Kamar Usman suffered his first loss in the UFC. Um, and we're going to see how he bounces back here. My official pick for this fight is Kamaru Usman by unanimous decision. If you take out that head kick from the first fight, uh, sure, you had Leon Edwards get the takedown in the first round. Take Usman's back. And uh, secure that first round. But outside of that, he was getting dominated by Kamar Usman. Um, and had her Dean not separated Usman uh, from the clinch, because he had Edwards pinned up against the fence, uh, but he wasn't really doing anything with it. So her being separated them, and that allowed Edwards to get the moment. Had that not happened, I think Usman comfortably wins the decision there. Uh, how do you see this one going? Uh, pretty much the same way uh, you described it. I, I think that's how everyone surely has look, is looking at this, unless you're blind um, or feel like... I, I, I don't know what it is, but everyone watched that first fight. Uh, everyone know what happened in that first, you know, the first f- five rounds. The first round, obviously, very close. Um, obviously, he won it, got the takedown, um, controlled him. But everyone knows what happened in that first fight. Um it, it, it was pretty much after that first round domination from Kamara Usman. Um, Leon Edwards gassed, blamed, obviously not, not blamed it, but um, obviously blamed on the altitude. Um, and th- in this one, you, you, you've you got to obviously have that in consideration as well. He'll be going down in altitude. So it, it, for me, though, Kamara Usman is, is, is going to win this fight and it's going to be a you know, decision. I feel like we're going to see Leon Edwards make it more competitive because of the altitude is lower and he's going to have uh feel more comfortable in there and it's not as high as obviously um his last fight i can't remember where it was um but i know the altitude the last ridiculous. fight was in salt lake city utah there we go salt lake city obviously much higher than the uk uh in terms of um altitude wise so he, he it's going to be more competitive for more rounds but eventually Leon Edwards um, will gas again, or not gas, but slow down, and that's where Kamar Usman will obviously find his best, um, his, his best, best work. And I feel like the first two rounds will be really close, and then the third, the fourth, and the fifth is where Kamar Usman will take over uh, and win the United decision. Yeah, and uh, in terms of changes, guys, the guys can make heading into this one, they really can't make much changes. In fact, uh, I, I would say that the first and second fight uh, wasn't super different. Uh, they're still the same type of fighters. Uh, and Kamar Usman simply has the edge on the feet and the edge uh, in the wrestling and grappling realms. So, 
I just think Usman has the better skill set here. He just needs to avoid getting caught again. Uh, but there there could be a situation where we have Usman coming in very timid, afraid of getting knocked out again, because we, we've never seen him come back from a knockout before. So there are question marks here, but if everything uh, goes well for Usman, I think uh, we're talking about Usman uh, getting back on track to being one of the greatest of all time, because that's where he was before this. In fact, he was about to surpass Anderson Silva for the longest win streak in the UFC. Yeah, uh, obviously being a Brit, obviously I'd love to see Leon Edwards get it done. Um, I think every Brit would love to see Leon Edwards get it done. Um, but yeah, if you look at the challenge in front of him, if you look at the challenge that was in front of him last time, it was like of a, a, a impossible challenge. And now you look at it now, it's feel like um, I, I, just, I just can't see the way Kamaru Usman uh, doesn't lose this fight. But we said that last time and um, crazy things happen then, way. And obviously if it happens again, then it ain't no fluke. So um, obviously I hope Leonard was get it done. It's a fantastic fight, fantastic main event and the, a fantastic main event for the London crowd. Uh, bring the title fight, the first title fight inside England since Michael Bisman versus Dan Henderson at 205, I believe. Yeah, 206, that was it. Oh, fantastic. There we go. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that 205 was McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, and that card was like in the middle of the morning. How dare they do that to us? That was crazy, isn't it? They they came all the way over to England and they made the fans go out at 6 a.m. But it was still packed out crowd. So it shows you that obviously our our crowd is different, man. Well, uh, this time around, they're actually going to be on UK time. The card is going to be at at about uh, 5 5 p.m. over here in the U.S. So they're going to be on the UK time, so the, the fans will not be half half asleep this time around. Um, and it's going to be truly, truly epic. And let's keep the ball rolling. Let's talk about the co-main event. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev. Fantastic fight. Um, two strikers, I would say. Obviously, Justin Gaethje, yeah, he does have that wrestling background, but he doesn't tend to lean on it as much as we've seen um you know, in, in, as, as we've seen anyway in his career, he tends to lean on that strike and the power that he has in his hands and the brawling to, and he obviously his chin to getting through it. Uh, but Rafael Fiziev, we talked about it briefly. He's an accurate striker. He's um, a very, very good striker. He's he's a coach of Tiger Muay Thai, so that tells you a lot of how good he is. Um, and this one, we talked about it. The problem is, I said I thought it as well, that Rafael Fiziev just could be too technical for Justin Gaethje. Um, we have seen, obviously, that sole loss from Rafael Fiziev. That's when he got knocked out by that spinning back kick by, um, Ma- Ma- oh, I forgot his name, Mustaev, I think. Yeah, Ma- uh, Maga Man Mustafaev. Yeah, and obviously, does Justin Gaethje have a spinning back fist in his locker? I haven't seen one, so um, yeah, I- I- um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's the only loss of Rafael Fiziev, Karin. I don't see uh, him getting clipped with that again. But if you look at Justin Gaethje, he's literally the king of violence. We've seen it multiple times in his career. Um, none more, more, more so than obviously inside the UFC. Has some fantastic fights with Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, a lot. Uh, but yeah, this one is a tough ask for both men. Uh, I'm leaning more towards Justin Gaethje just because of the experience and who he's fought. Um, he's been there in them five-round fights and three-round fights, and he, he's, he came out on top. Um, but you talked about it, the technical technicality uh, technicality of Rafael Fiziev could cause Rafael Gate uh, Justin Gaethje some problems. And to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he does clip him. 
and knock him out. I do believe that uh, Fazeev has a shot of getting a knockout here against Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje uh, getting hurt is nothing new in his first uh, UFC fight. Uh, Michael Johnson had him on skates, but eventually he made the comeback. He has hit a lot in his fights. And I believe now that he's 34, 35, it's bound to catch up to him. In fact, against Charles Oliveira, that was uh, that was not the best of looks to be hurt by Charles Oliveira right away. And uh, I believe Gage was extremely reckless in that fight. Um, and Charles Oliveira took full advantage of it, was able to knock down Gaethje and take his back and submit him. Uh, I do think uh, Fazee will get a knockdown at least in this fight, but I don't think he puts away Gaethje. Gaethje is just too damn tough for his own good. Uh, I kind of wish it was a five-round fight because that would uh, that would be something special. But it being a, a co-main event slot means these guys can go at a higher pace, and it's bound to be fight of the night. And I think uh, both guys will have their moments, but I do think Fazeev is more technical. Um, and, of course, younger, quicker. Um, I, I do believe his kicking game is better than Gaethje's as well. So I, I think at the end of the day, uh, these lightweight legends are going to start going down the rankings. If you see the rankings from uh, the Habib era, they were completely different. Now we got these young guys coming in. Matouj Gamrat, Benil Dariush, Armand Sarukian. Uh, the, the list goes on and on of these young guys that are going to start taking uh, the legends uh, spots. And I think this is going to be an unfortunate case here because Justin Gaethje, uh, one of my favorite fighters ever to watch. Um, but I just think Fazeev cannot point him here um, and look good doing it. So Fazeev by decision is my pick here. Yeah, I, um, obviously a fantastic fight can go either way. Um, I'm going with Gaethje, the experience, um, obviously being around um, uh, in the UFC for a very long time, had them tough fights. Um, Chandler, Charles Rivera, Habib, uh, Tony, he's been in them, you know, them, them type of dog fights. Um, but Rafael Fiziev, a different problem, a different striker, a different fighter in front of him, and he's going to see a more of a technical, more of a one, uh, one of the best technical strikers inside the UFC that we've ever had. So, in front of him, yeah. But let's move on to the rest of the fights. Obviously, we've got some really good fights. Uh, we're, we're, we're top on them, obviously, quickly. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barberino, fantastic fight. Another fight tonight potential. Um, in this one, uh, I, I gotta be honest, I'm leaning Brian Barberino. Um, I think he's got all wow. to get this one done. That that is a true shock to me because Brian Barberino uh, has been submitted multiple times in the UFC. In fact, his last fight was a uh, first round submission loss to Rafael Del Santos. Um, and Gunnar Nelson was one of the best uh, BJJ practitioners to ever enter the octagon. I believe the gap on the ground is far too great. I expect Gunnar Nelson to get a second round redneck choke submission. I just think Brian Barbarina um, can beat a lot of the lower level guys, uh, a lot of the more weathered guys. But Gunnar Nelson is very smart on the feet. He has that karate stance uh, where sometimes he will get caught. But Brian Barbarina is, I would say he's very predictable. And when he swings those big hooks, it'll allow for Gunnar Nelson to get uh, a takedown. And eventually uh, when Barbarina tries to get back up, he's going to give up his back and get choked out. 
Yeah, I, I would have agreed. Um, but the problem, obviously, Nelson, he, he returned back um, to the MMA, um, his last fight against Takashi Sato. Um, and Sato's been submitted by Miguel Baeza. And obviously, they went to a decision. So that 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 was my thinking anyway. But obviously, he was away for a very long time. Um, and I just feel like Brian Barbrano will be able to do enough and maybe potentially get a ground and pound finish or a knockout. Uh, obviously, we've seen... Um, a few knockouts with Barbarian against Matt Brown, uh, not Matt Brown, against um, Robbie, Robbie Lawler. Um, obviously, so he's 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 looking good as of late. It's just that loss against Rafael de Samuel, which I believe, um, no, they didn't. He didn't step in the short notice. That wasn't a short notice fight. Uh, but yeah, this is a good a good fight. It's a good task. It's a good assignment. Um, I just don't see. Gunnar, obviously, Gunnar Nelson didn't submit Takashi Sato, and Takashi Sato got submitted by Miguel Baeza. So uh, MMA math never worked. But that was that was my theory. Yeah, the deal there with uh, Sato and Nelson was Sato refused uh, to do anything offensively, so it created no openings for Gunner to get the submission. He was happy losing a decision that night. And now we've got the three uh, three main fights. Well, we have got some fantastic fights as well. We've got Marvin Vittori versus Raymond Uh But Jennifer Moyer or Casey O'Neill, we'll keep this one short. Um... This is a tough fight for Casey O'Neill, but I think she's going to win it. Um, Jennifer Myers, she's you know experienced. She's a veteran. She's been in there, obviously, with the best up, up in the division. But I think Casey O'Neill is breaking through, and this will be her chance to shine. Yeah, for Casey O'Neill, this is this is a big step up, I would say. Uh, Jennifer Maya beat her previous opponent, Roxanne Montefiore. Roxanne Montefiore was able to land over 100 significant strikes against, uh, against Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill got beat up in that fight, and that's not the best of looks, because Roxanne was never known for her striking. Of course, it was a clear win for uh, Casey. She she herself landed over 200 significant strikes, but uh, for me, she's uh, young and inexperienced. She's coming off a year-long layoff, hasn't fought since uh, February of uh, 2022, and she tore uh, her ACL, I believe, in, in that fight. So I, I really don't know what to expect from her. And Jennifer Maya is not going to get bullied on the ground here. Like uh, Casey O'Neill's other opponents have gotten bullied. Uh, like Antony Neshevchenko, uh, Laura Procopio, um, Shannon Dobson. That's not going to happen in Jennifer Maya. Shevchenko even got put on her back against Jennifer Maya. So I think uh, Jennifer Maya wins this one by split decision. Uh, she shouldn't be this big of an underdog against somebody inexperienced like uh, Casey O'Neill. I think uh, Jennifer Ryan has beaten strikers that are better than uh, than Casey O'Neill, like uh, uh, Marina Morose in her last fight. That was a solid win for her. I think she can, she can win with the better striking if she can stay away from the constant grappling. Yeah, it's a tough fight for Casey O'Neill, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delizze. This one is an absolute... Oh, it, it, it's ridiculously good. Um, obviously, Roman Delizze on a form of his life right now. Uh, Carl Dorcas beat Phil Hawes. And obviously, Jack Manson, um, pure domination in that last fight. Uh, and then, as for Marvin Vittori... Um, obviously, he's, he, you know, he's got to the best and lost to the best, lost to uh, Israel Asanya, lost to Robert Whitaker. He beat Paolo Costa, beat Kevin Holland, beat Jack Manson. But I think Roman Delidze is um, a new wave of 185-pound uh, fighter coming through. Um, this is a really tough fight for me to pick. 
But I, I, I think I'm going to go with the Georgian. I think I'm going to go with Rome de Lidze. I'm going to make this the told you so fight of the week right here. Uh, Marvin <laughs> Vittori to me is a much better fighter than Roman Delice. Uh, Delice is uh, is a guy that relies a lot on his physicality, but the cardio is not great. And in my opinion, he's just taken advantage of his opponent's uh, weaknesses in his last couple of bouts. Uh, so he was able to KO Kaldakis. Uh, Kaldakis has proven not to be all that durable. Then he takes on Phil Haas. Phil Haas has some kind of leg injury. And then he knocks out Phil Haas. Phil Haas not all that durable. And then he goes in against Jacker Manson. That was a real standout performance to me uh, right there. He was able to uh, to get a, a leg lock of sorts on Jacker Manson and pound him out. That was a really that was a really cool finish there. I'll give him credit for that. But I don't think he gets that against Marvin Vittori. I don't think Marvin Vittori is going to want to uh, grapple all that much here on the ground. I think he can get some control time in the clinch. But uh, in my opinion, he's a better striker here. Roman Delice just uh, likes to throw those big bombs, but he doesn't have much technique behind them. So uh, I definitely believe Marvin Vittori can outpace him here and look much better on the feet. Uh, Roman Delice lost to Trevin Giles not that long ago. And we know where Trevin Giles is at now. Uh, he's at welterweight struggling against the the lower half of competition there. So I don't think all that highly of Delice, and I do think highly of uh, Vittoria. I think Vittoria should 100% win this fight by unanimous decision. Yeah, it's a tough fight. It's a very interesting fight, 185 pounds. Um, obviously, Roman Delice has been on a really good form as of late, but yeah, you do mention that uh, Trevor Giles fight, and obviously Trevor Giles uh, not having the best run either. So, uh, Marvin Vittori, it's a tough one, but I'm going to lean with Roman Delice. You're going to lean with Marvin Vittori, and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll go through, through the rest of the card just quickly. Uh, just give your picks. Um, as, as we said, and we're, we're trying to keep this um, you know, short and sweet. Um, but yeah, we've got a few stand up. Chris Duncan, Omar Marais, so obviously, uh, I'm going to root for Chris Duncan. Uh, Sam Patson. Um, yeah, now Ashmos, obviously, I'm gonna root for Sam Patson. This is gonna be mostly based bias because obviously, I'm British. But Hamid Merkeev, obviously, I'm going with Hamid Merkeev. Lorraine Murphy versus Gabriel Santos, I think it's a tough one. Um, Gabriel Santos, NFA February champion, making his debut, but I think Lorraine Murphy has got too much talent, and obviously, Christian Lee Duncan, one of the guys that I'm really, really high on coming out of England right now, and I think he does get the spectacular knockout against Dusko Turanovic. Jake Hadley versus Malcolm Gordon. I'm going to go with Jake Hadley. It's a tough one, though. I, I feel like Jake Hadley is um, not as good as I thought he was, uh, but it's a tough one for him uh, at 125 pounds. Malcolm Gordon, obviously, been in the UFC for uh, quite a few fights. John Wood versus Lona Carolina. I'm going to go with John Wood. I think that's uh, quite an easy pick. Um, Jay Hybert versus Ludovic Klein. Jai Herbert. Uh, as you can see where these are going. And obviously, Veronica Hardy versus Juliana Miller. I'm going to go for Ju the tough winner, Juliana Miller, in that one. And obviously, now Oscar's picks start. Off, oh, I didn't do Jack Shaw versus Macron Americani. But I am going to go with Jack Shaw. Yeah, I'm going with Jack Shaw as well. He's moving up a weight class after losing to Ricky Simone in his last fight. That was the first loss of his professional career. And against Makwan Amerikadi, Makwan, of course, uh, offers a lot early in fights, but he doesn't offer a ton later in fights. Uh, he's got the signature Anaconda choke that I believe Jack Shaw has prepared to defend. And uh, once Amerikani can't get much going after the first round. We're going to see Jack Shore's uh, technique stand out there. Uh, he really suffered in the fight against Ricky Simone from uh, 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 
a disadvantage in athleticism. I don't think he has the disadvantage in athleticism uh, here against Makwan. So I say uh, give me uh, Jack Shore by unanimous decision. He's he's a very technical fighter, uh, and Makwan Murakami uh, is much more explosive and looking for the finish. Jack Shore, uh, less finishes come to him. He could get a late submission here, but I think he gets a decision. Yeah, and obviously go through the rest of your picks as, uh, on the card as well. Um, starting from Chris Duncan. I believe Chris Duncan uh, is a very promising fighter, but he just has this uh, Justin Gaethje syndrome where he just wants to have a war with everybody. And it almost cost him. Well, it cost him his spot in the UFC the first time around when he fought Vyacheslav Borshev. Uh, Borshev was losing that fight, but he was able to catch Chris Duncan and knock him out. And then Chris Duncan comes back to the contender series and he didn't really learn. He fought uh, Charlie Campbell, and Charlie Campbell basically had uh, Chris Duncan out, and Chris Duncan was able to counter Charlie, and he gets the knockout there. When you're swinging like that, it's basically 50-50, and he's finding guy Omar Morales, who uh, has fought uh, some pretty solid competition in the UFC and beat him. He's beating Shane Young at Dung Young Ma. I really thought he was going to beat his last opponents, uh, Jonathan Pierce and Urus Medic, but... In those fights, he, he looked tired. He looked uh, a little older. He is 37 now. We could have the classic case of uh, the young prospect getting a uh, first-round KO, but I think Omar Morales will make Duncan pay for his uh, reckless hooks, and I think he gets a second-round knockout here. Yeah, and obviously we've got fantastic, obviously, talk about um, the rest of the car. John Wood as well returning. Jake Hadley, Christy Nero Duncan. Uh, but the main ones I'm looking out for in this one, obviously I'm looking out for Christy Nero Duncan, obviously Lauren Murphy returning. Uh, Jai Herbert is always entertain entertaining fights. One punch away of being Ilala Taporia, may I add. Um, Jake Hadley, obviously. Uh, but Mohamed Murky, obviously the best prospect that we probably have coming out of the UK right now. Um, phenomenal fire 22 as an amateur, eight and oh, as a professional. The guy's a beast, and obviously, Sam Patterson. We saw what it saw uh, in the cage um, in his last fight in the contender series. Absolutely phenomenal fight, very lengthy, very tall, very rangy for 155 pounds. I feel like he can cause some damage as well. And obviously, Chris, uh, Chris, um, Duncan. We've got a Christian Leroy Duncan, and we've got a Chris Duncan, uh, phenomenal. Uh, Chris Duncan, obviously, his power is on show. He's brawler, as he talks about. He's, he he loves the ball, loves to be in a fight. Um, Rice could put, uh, pose him a challenge, but I'm going to go Christian uh, Christian Duncan. He's going to get done. Jack Shaw as well, uh, returning. Uh, phenomenal. Um, this is a phenomenal event. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the main event, obviously, the standout. You know, the standout of the whole card. Obviously, it's going to be when it's going on Edwards versus Kamara Usman, and obviously Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fiedev in the co-main event. We are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. This has been March and Silver MMA show. Um, the quickest one we've probably ever done. 40 minutes, just about tick. Um, an absolute pleasure, Oscar, to be joined back by you again. I think it's been phenomenal. And hopefully we can get this back up and running again. Obviously, uh, you talked about um, the viewers have gone up on Spotify and all, all the audio listened because they were trying to tune in. Absolutely. Uh, I thank you guys for looking out for new episodes and now we're actually going to have something for you to consume. Uh, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at the March and Silva MMA show. We will post whenever a new episode has been uploaded to the listening platforms. So I thank you for following us and for patiently waiting for our return.
Yep, absolutely. Um, it's, it's been a good episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Oscar. Absolute pleasure. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you next time next week on a Thursday. Um, oh, sorry, Wednesday. Um, we, we, we can make a regular out of this, um, just like how we used to. Uh, but yeah, we've got such, such a fantastic, um, you know, uh, MMA this week. And we've got Cage Warriors as well. Uh, Jordan for Chinchits returning after his loss against Paul Hughes. Um, we also do have PFL, but I, I can't remember who's fine off the top of my head. Um, but yeah. Make sure to catch them all. Uh, make sure to catch us next week. Same time, same same place, same area. So make sure you catch us there. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you all next week. A very goodbye.